Peace of Christ to you all. Today we're in the, the second of our series on grace. And, and grace is, we, we used that word a lot and last week talked a lot about what exactly does that, does that mean. And it's the, the generosity of God that is given to all without contribution from me or you. It is the the generosity of God that is given without contribution from us. It's just the the character of God that He gives. He is generous in His very spirit, in His very character. His, His goodness is abounding. And to me, one of the greatest illustrations of grace is birth, our physical birth, because we have absolutely nothing to do with our physical birth, right? Do you remember that day? I don't. I think maybe if I'd known what I know now, I would have stayed if I'd had choice. No, but I had absolutely no, I had no contribution. To that, and not even to how and when and where I was born, and neither did you. It's one of the greatest examples of gift, of pure gift. The, the same is true, you know, corporately. the The existence of humanity. What human contributed to the very birth of humans? Yeah. The very birth of the earth. Now, who was there? Which one of us, or which human can we think of was, was there or had any contribution to the very existence of the universe? Yep. None. We had absolutely none. So from the very beginning of time and space, it is all about grace. From the very beginning of time and space, it is all about grace. It is a gift. The very first breath is gift. Now, our passage uh, this morning is Psalm uh, chapter 8, one of the the Psalms of David, that presents this this gift of creation and this gift of humanity and this gift even of who we are and our relationship to all of creation that, that God has created us for, that is an act of God's will, of God's doing, that we, like our birth, are simply present and had nothing to do with it. Psalm chapter 8 starts uh, uh, page 427, your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. Let's, let's pray together. Almighty God, 
Thank you for this time to gather. Thank you that you have given us the, the gift of being your people, uh, the gift of your, your word. Now, uh, may your, the gift of your spirit um, open our very hearts and minds and souls to receive from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Psalm 8, hear the word of the Lord, a psalm of David. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet. All sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Most important, the non-negotiable point of uh, this psalm and of all of Scripture is the very character of God. As he says in the very beginning, that God is wondrously beautiful, powerfully magnificent. That uh, the the earth and and the heavens show His majesty, His glory, His splendor. It is a beauty beyond words that God has created all around us. In this um, part of the passage where he talks about glory, he uses glory twice, two different Hebrew words. Here, the the meaning of glory is like when we say something is glorious. Another translation you see is splendor. so, So God in His majesty and splendor, His beauty, has created everything that is around us. In in verse 3, David says, you know, when I look at your heavens the moon and the stars that you have established. He's overwhelmed and even wonders in verse 4, you know, what are we when I consider the beauty that's all around? God's character is one of majesty and splendor. It all begins with grace. For the the creation of the world was was an act of God's generosity, of His his giving. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was complete in Himself. God wasn't lonely. God had need for nothing. But God created and gave because of His beauty and splendor, because of His very character have just a a video here just to remind us of the the beauty and majesty and and splendor uh, that is around us uh, of God's generous 
character, his, his abounding creativity and, and beauty that he gives and gives and keeps giving today.
that's just a smidgen. Just a smidgen of the glory of God's creation, the splendor. I mean, you know, but the psalm goes on. There's, there's more to this beginning grace than just the beauty of uh, creation that makes us all want to go on an Alaskan cruise, you know, or African safari, right? I mean, according to the psalm, according to David, then, the, the, the pinnacle of the gift, the pinnacle of the beginning of grace at creation. is us human beings are placed in a position higher than everything we just saw combined and it's what verse 4 what are human beings that you are mindful of them mortals that you care for them I mean David's hearkening back to the beginning Genesis 1 and 2 yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. And have given, you have given them dominion over the work of your hands. You've put all things under their feet. And the, the, the gift, the beginning, that it is all gift, then leads to our creation as the ones with glory... And this word for glory is a different Hebrew word than the first one. This is the, the glory that, that, that uh, we talk mostly of, which is of the weight of God, the, the, the heaviness of God, the fullness of God that exists in you and me and everyone that is created as a human being who has the image of God. We have the glory of God. He has given that to us since the beginning, the gift God, the honor, the prestige. And when you turned to one another and forgave one another, you, you were acting out that position of honor and glory that God has given to each one of us. And, and, and then responsibility of dominion, authority, responsibility now to, to carry out God's work to be stewards of all that God has given to us. It's all a gift. It's all the, the position that God has given to us and the way that He has created us in His image with that honor and glory and responsibility. I mean, it, it starts there. It's the very beginning. That's why we treat each other with respect and honor. That's why we forgive each other. That's why we treat each other with grace because of the position and honor that God has given to each one of us and to us as part of His creation. Now, we know though the, the, the rest of the, the story, or, or many of us, you're familiar with the story. If you hearken back to Genesis, you know, it starts with gift. But real quickly, we, we humans add a second G, and that becomes guilt. Uh, not that we feel guilty, but that we are guilty. 
You know, that, that, that we decide God has, has made just a little tiny mistake. He made us, as the psalmist says, just a little lower than God. Well, we wanted to be the same as God. You know, we're, God has given us the, the God here. Here are the gifts, honor and glory and dominion are yours. Now, follow into this, live into this. And we're like, oh, God, that's really nice. Thank you for those gifts. Now, we'll go do it our way. And that's what happened with Adam and Eve and what's, what happened and what happens with each one of us. We destroy or sabotage the responsibility that God has given to us as kings and queens with dominion over creation. We find ourselves unsatisfied with the position that God has given to us. And so we take a position that is not ours and we take responsibility for our own lives and our own guidance as to what is right and what is wrong. We thank God for the gift of life and then selfishly we go do what we want with our lives. I mean, that that happens individually. That's why, again, we confess and it happens as the human race, right? I mean, we see that. You know, and an example that I use regularly just because the, the way that God teaches us about human sexuality is not the way that the world teaches us. You know, God has, has given us a, a, an order, a direction, that this is His creation, that a, a man and a woman commit themselves to one another in marriage till death do them part, and then they move in together. Then they have sexual intercourse. Then they have children. That's how the Creator has designed for us with honor, with glory and responsibility to live in our relationships with one another. And when we go our own way, that largely leads to destruction and evil. And that's guilt. And we see that all around us in the big picture, whether it's in sexualities are talked about, or poverty, or, or racism, world hunger, slavery of all different types, sexism. In the big scale and on the small, we, we see our own guilt. But God's character doesn't change. God is generous from the beginning. So it begins with grace. We respond in guilt and He continues in grace. That's what we've been singing about and what we celebrate every time that we gather that God Himself became human. Jesus the Christ, God the Son, in order to live for us and to die for us. And on the cross, He carried with on Himself, in Himself, unto death, He carried our sin. He carried our disobedience. He carried our punishment. He carried our judgment. He carried what we deserved to death. So that it would die with Him. That our punishment, our sin, our judgment, our disobedience, it would be annihilated with Him on the cross. Destroyed. 
And then in the power of the resurrection, he would demonstrate and accomplish victory over death and sin. He would accomplish and show that that judgment and punishment, that it's gone. That is the pinnacle of grace. That the one who was innocent took our guilt so that we who are guilty could have his innocence. As we were singing, he took what we deserved so we would receive what he deserved. That is grace. Starts with gift. We respond in guilt and God Continues in grace. But it's important. So often we focus so much on, on the cross, which we should, but we forget the cross wasn't just God's response. Oh, oops, they messed up. Hmm, I guess I better do something. Grace is the very beginning. So it's gift, guilt, grace. Then the next G is gratitude. Now we live out of gratitude for God's grace. We do not do good works in order to earn anything from God. We we do not do good works in order to somehow add to the amount of God, love that God has for us. There is no way to do that. We, we don't do... The, the place of obedience and good works is, is not to satisfy some requirement of God. Because that has already been satisfied by His grace on the cross. We do good works. We, we now live in that responsibility, in that glory, in that honor that God has given us. It's been restored. The cross. I mean, it's like back at the very beginning. That's what we live into. No, no matter our sin, no matter the brokenness that is around us, whether we've been the perpetrator or victim, the cross wipes that clean and gives us that initial Beauty of birth. That honor that you have. Can you believe that? Do you, do you receive the fullness of the honor and the glory that God has given to you because you're created in His image? That's a hard one for me to grasp. Man, I want to sort of fend that off, you know? That's who we are. That's who we've been created to be. To live now in that gratitude because of what Jesus has done for us. Now we continue to live in that place of responsibility. That dominion. That authority. It's given to us as a church. As a people. So I think about so that you know that's sort of the, the big picture from gift, guilt, grace, gratitude. But as I was thinking about that and considering that for us as a church, as we, we gather for our congregational meeting, it's a good time to stop and to celebrate where we are on this journey. 
The, the, the point of church is then to live based on that gift, based on our guilt, based on Jesus' grace, to live in gratitude and to recognize all the things that God has gifted for us specifically right now. And it's you. It's us. The, the history that we have in this particular church and the position we're in right now in, in this community and in this city, the resources, spiritual resources, life resources, material resources that God has gifted to us here, to you, to us in order out of gratitude and thanksgiving to live into those wherever we go in our communities, in our workplace, in our homes, in our families. And and I just want to take a moment to say, to to celebrate that. You know, we we live in a a community, in, in, in a city that's characterized by a lot of things that are a result of our guilt, of our sin. You know, we, we had three shootings in our neighborhood just in the last week, week and a half. Yeah, two right in front of La Rosa's, another one right down the street from College Hill Fundamental School. And that one ended in, in murder for, of a guy that some of us know with, with Marcus. You know, we, we see that that is the result of, of our sin and, and brokenness as a people. We, we've talked about in our own city, you know, that, that the poverty of uh, rate in, in our city, particularly for children. The, you know, the good news is I got uh, updated statistics. So last time I shared that, we were at about 51% of our children in Cincinnati live in poverty. Today it's about 44%. That's a good movement. That's, uh, celebrate that, for, especially for that 7%. But that's still 44%. And yet, you know, these kind of things are the things that make people who aren't living in grace, who aren't living in gratitude, they run for safety if they're not based in grace. If they don't realize all is gift. If you don't realize the beginning is gift, then what you do is run, folks, run to safety. But you don't. We, we stay and we say, how do we have a responsibility? We have the glory and honor, and so do they, and they don't even know it. We, we want them to know that glory and honor, so we're, we're going to stay. We're entering into the mess because that's our opportunity. That's our way of living in gratitude. Not out of duty, not out of earning something from God or anything like that. It's out of gratitude. This is what God has given to me. And some of these folks around us, they don't know that. And we want them to know it. That's what I want to celebrate. For you. For for us as, as a church that... The Spirit is called. No, stay, work, live in gratitude... You're you're filled with my glory. You have honor that I've bestowed upon you. You have dominion. You have responsibility. And so, out of gratitude, we live, we pursue the final G, God's glory. It started with His splendor and it ends with His splendor. And that's Psalm, Psalm 8 starts with his glory and ends with his glory.
It's because of this, this journey that we're on, because it all begins with gift. It all begins with God's grace that, that we can follow Paul's admonition and to his letter to the Thessalonians to give thanks in all circumstances. God bless you. And what I, I hope, a word, one, a word of encouragement of saying, yeah, we're, we're in the midst of this. We're partnering with local schools. We're partnering with other churches in the city. You know, we're partnering with Interfaith Hospitality Network. We, and we're, we're, not, we're giving ourselves to this. You know, so we're, we're having ministries where we connect with people around us, inviting folks, uh, FX night and things like that, who aren't necessarily connected to church. So that we flesh to flesh, face to face, engage with folks who are outside the church. Fulfilling that out of gratitude. Because somebody did that for us. Now we do that for others. And, and that's the sort of the other word here to consider. And, and that is that, that the, the work that you're doing as a follower of Jesus it's good to stop periodically and reflect. Is it out of gratitude? Again, don't beat yourself up here. But recognize if it's not out of gratitude, then usually it leads to burnout. You know, and it's easy. I mean, I get there all the time, every week. Usually about Saturday night. It moves from gratitude to just, I've got to get this done. <laughs> or I'm going to be a fool. I may still be a fool. Hold your opinions on that one. <laughs> but is it that ingratitude that we're, that we're serving, that we're, we're giving, that we're living into that responsibility, that honor, that, that glory that God has entrusted to us? And this is a really um, scary thing to say um, as a pastor of a church, but if it's not out of gratitude, then maybe you need to stop doing it. Now, I know I'm going to have Robin come at me saying, this Sunday school teacher said it wasn't out of gratitude. They're teaching Sunday school. But I think we would agree that... Now, your, your motives are never going to be pure. You know, where's, where's Mitch? That's one of, Mitch, one of my favorite lines of yours, Mitch. If it weren't for mixed motives, we wouldn't have any motives at all. <laughs> that would be pure. But to move to a place Moving to that place, you know, let it flow out of real gratitude for the gift that God... And that gift is from the very beginning. You, you were born in a particular place for a reason. You've been given certain gifts and those have been developed for a reason. You, today, you are here for a reason that God has for you to carry out, that, to show forth that glory and that honor and to live into that responsibility. We are here for a reason. And it's out of a celebration of gratitude for what God has done for us that He's entrusted with us Then this message of truth and His glory that now we can't keep for ourselves or we can't run for safety. We've got to enter into this world and the messes that are around us filled with that gratitude to show forth God's glory. Amen.